Welcome to the Awareness in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Angela McMillan. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land I stand on today, the Ghana people. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Let's have some fun together. I would love to welcome you to our community, the Movement Online Academy. An extraordinary life starts with your own well-being. Hello, Arafili. So glad you can join me on Awareness in Motion today. How are you? Hi, Angela. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> so uh, you are all the way in Greece. It's what, uh, in the afternoon there now? Is that right? It's early afternoon. It's the summer <laughs> for us yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're in a t-shirt. Those that can't, I mean, obviously you can't see us if you're listening to the podcast. I'm in my jumper because it's freezing. And if you could see my legs, I've actually got hot pink leg warmers on. <laughs> you would love them <laughs> to keep my ankles warm. <laughs> so, uh, Arafili, you do um, Feldenkrais and yoga and Aikido. Is that right? Is there any other movement practices that you dive into? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm um, I'm a multitasker. That's that's the truth. <laughs> my my original degree was in graphic design, and uh, I still work as a graphic designer. But I was always interested in movement, and mm. um, you know, when I was younger, I I was born in the '70s. So when I was younger, in Greece, we we didn't have much. It was either you know ballet or some kind of sport. So I wasn't mm. really drawn into anything apart from dancing. But, you know, it still was very casual. So for a lot of years, I was on my computer since my adolescence and my early 20s. I was working a lot of hours because in mm. advertising, you do get to work a lot. And at some point, you know, I felt that my body had enough of all this sitting. And I went into dancing and then progressively into yoga and then i discovered feldenkrais and you know i uh, i took the leap and i didn't look back <laughs> nice so that's the short version um that's very much like me born in the 70s i grew up in a small country town so yeah all we did have was ballet we had calisthenics i don't know if you know that we have that um and sport and sport and me we're not really friends <laughs> so yeah so when you did dance what styles were you uh mostly participating in well um weirdly enough i i began with uh, belly dancing ah. and, and it wasn't really a choice it was mostly because it was at the time that i could attend because it was at 11 in the evening and it was about the only time i could actually go out of the office and do something. <laughs> uh, my first choice would have been um, something like uh, Limon or um, uh, Graham mm -hmm. or some modern technique. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, although I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the belly dance music, I, I really did enjoy the movements and yeah. uh, I, I got really into it. Um, I even taught it for quite a while uh, and you know there's this um belly dancing has uh, this there's so many styles 
of belly mm -hmm. dancing in in the west where where we think it's one thing but you know there are a lot of um different styles and um they're based they're very grounded and they're they're based on very um natural movements for the body much mm -hmm. unlike uh ballet or which is about showing some something that yeah. you know only the turnout from ballet is is already something that's not natural to the body in mm. belly dance you have you know all those snaky spinal movements and those yeah. um those pelvic movements that are really really natural to 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 the body so yeah. i i found myself being attracted to it and then I got into into yoga because I, I, I wanted the fitness aspect for my dancing. Mm. And uh, yeah, and you know, I'm, I, I've always been a proponent of if you want to learn something, go, go big. So I got into a training and I wasn't supposed to teach yoga. I got into a training for, for, my, for my own benefit. Mm. It, it seems that I have this knack of, you know, uh, finding interests and then turning them into professions. So, so then I, I became a yoga teacher as well as a dance teacher. <laughs> and it, it didn't take long because uh, in my yoga training, we had this um, assistant trainer, Toshiro, who's um, a teacher from uh, Japan. And I was uh, doing this um, uh, teaching, you know, uh, we had little groups and you would get to teach and someone would oversee you and give you feedback. Yeah, and I, I was um, teaching this this class, and he comes to me and says, "You know what? Do you know what Feldenkrais is?" And I was like, "No." And I say, "You have to look into this. You're gonna like this." <laughs> and I don't know. He saw something in my in my teaching style that probably had you know some some connection for him, and I I got the book Awareness Through Movement uh, while I was in Massachusetts in my in my yoga training in the Kripalu yeah. Center. And I read the book, I came back home, and I registered for a training in Basel. <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't even done Feldenkrais. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hadn't had a single lesson. Back then also, that was in 20, 2008. And mm -hmm. um, there, wasn't, there wasn't anything online. So yeah. it wasn't easy to, to find information. Like there wasn't ATMs lying around to just try them out. And my, um, my teachers, Paul and Julie Rubin, they, they sent me some audios to do. Uh, hmm. You know, being a, a dancer and a yoga teacher, the first thing I did was actually, um, uh, there was this um, lifting the head lesson. Oh, yes. I did, yeah, I did it so much uh, like yoga <laughs> that the next morning I couldn't move my head. You know, I, I hadn't done oh, anything about that. <laughs> And it took the whole four years of the training to actually be able to, to slow down because, you know, uh, for all of my life, in every one of my, of my interests and my professions, it was, you know, more, go more, go big, yeah. push through. Yeah. <laughs> and getting into this idea of, even in yoga, you know, it's supposed to be subtle, but it's not really. No. Uh, many times. <laughs> So this idea to not push, to take your time to observe, it was really, it was easy to understand. It was very difficult to implement for, for me at least. Yeah. No, I hear you. It was the same for me coming from a dance background, from breakdance as well, <laughs> to slow down my, 
my student uh, friends would tell me in, in the training, Angelo, go slow. I'm, I'm like, I'm going slow. This is my slow. <laughs> so I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> and there was this moment watching another dancer in, in my training do the we we're doing the judo roll series as we do in a training and she was going so slow and delicate she was much older than me and I was like oh that's that's how you do it it's not to just roll over <laughs> so yeah yeah it, uh, I think that if if you come because many people come um to Feldenkrais after an injury or because of pain and and there is um it's easier if you come in with other expectations when you're uh, you're a hyper person who's a dancer or uh, an athlete i think it, it can be much more challenging to to find this way to actually slow down yes yes <laughs> so um so you started your training in 2008 and then um beforehand doing dance it's like you became an accidental teacher <laughs> the way you were telling <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, you know it's it's um i i kind of go with the flow a lot so mm. i never considered myself uh, a dancer although i have danced in festivals and i've danced like in big uh places in greece where i would have never imagined myself dancing especially after just a few years of dancing so yes. um, uh, you know i just i kind of migrated from one thing to the other i i never really thought about it but teaching was something that um i really felt that helped my uh, find my voice i mean it's it's one of the things that i i still enjoy so much because when you teach movement uh, there's no end to it. There's always more to learn. There's always deeper to go. So it's, uh, there's not much repetition, even though you can be teaching the same lesson. Every class is different. Every person yeah. is different. So there's this richness to it that yeah. keeps my intellect going. And then I, I, I love um, getting into this space with people where, you know, I can I can help them feel themselves. I, I find it's it's magical. Yeah, it's fascinating. There's something different about uh, becoming a teacher. I I truly believe as teachers we are still learning from our students. Do you find that? Oh yes, of course, of course. It's 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 reciprocal. Mm. Mm. So beautiful. So when you became uh, when you became qualified in Feldenkrais, you'd had these other practices under your belt in your awareness. Did you do you did you still separate the different styles, or do you, have you come up with your own unique way of teaching? Do you have a belly dance yoga Feldy class? How do you teach now? <laughs> well, it took me quite a while to start teaching. Uh, Feldenkrais. I didn't feel comfortable for many, many years to to say mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna teach an awareness through movement lesson. It it took uh, it took me quite a few years, but all along as I was uh, working, I was still teaching yoga and dance, 
And through yeah. it, I started, you know, this this um, amalgam started to happen of, you know, finding ways to to help people in their dance technique, to help people in their yoga through that I, these ideas that come into Feldenkrais. So I think Feldenkrais made me a better yoga teacher and a better um, dance teacher. Yeah. Just before COVID, I was still working. I wasn't teaching regular lessons, but I was teaching workshops. And the last few years, my workshops for dancers were Feldenkrais for dancers. You know, I actually put a name to it because at first I was like, you know, oh, pelvic movements for better figure eights or whatever. But I was I wouldn't specify why, what exactly it is we're doing. Um, <laughs> now I'm very confident to say like, yeah, you you are a dancer and you want to improve something okay let's find what's in feldenkrais that could help you for this specific thing because um, for me the difficulty right. as practitioners is that there's so many things you can do to mm. improve any movement yeah it takes a little bit of time to figure out for each specific group what would serve them best and that's why I find that um, um, uh, practitioners who have backgrounds in something, they're yeah. so much, uh, it's so much easier for them to teach for the specific population. Yes. I mean, I, I only started Aikido a year ago. I'm, I'm very new to this uh, and I love it. Uh, but uh, even now, being like a very a newbie, if you ask me, um, can you do a Feldenkrais workshop for um, Aikido people? I will have many more concepts and many more ideas on how to structure it than if you tell me, mm -hmm. can you do um, a class for someone who does karate, for example? Yeah. I will have to research it more and maybe it, it, wouldn't, be the, it wouldn't be the same. So I, I like bringing Feldenkrais to stuff I'm already interested in and already know. And it's a good thing that I, I, I like many things. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, keto is the one where you the if the person's coming to you, you use their force, their power, their energy to to move them through. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But I'm, I'm not sure if that's not true for most martial arts anyway, though. But yeah, it's, it's about not opposing the force, rather um, rearranging it in, in space. And there are so many great Aikidoists that are also Feldenkrais practitioners. My favorite and beloved sensei, Paul Linden, is one of them. Uh, yes. Jeff Haller does Aikido also. I mean, there's many, many people who, who do Aikido mm -hmm. and are Feldenkrais practitioners. Fantastic. Yeah, it's one that I would like to I would like to try one day if I could fit it in <laughs> to my timetable. <laughs> That's too many things, too little time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe when I uh the kids move out we'll have more time. <laughs> I'm just wrangling them at the moment's enough. So what does your practice look like now? What how are you teaching now? Do you have workshops, classes? Well, you know, it's been a strange year or two. Yes. So what I'm hoping for September, because in, in Greece, in August, we don't work. It's especially in Athens, it's too hot to work. 
and most people are on vacation as well. But I'm hoping from September to maybe get some uh, live classes going as well. I teach primarily online now. Mm. Uh, both my English and my Greek classes are online. Um, I teach Feldenkrais informed yoga and yep. uh, Feldenkrais awareness through movement. But my hope is for this year, if I do manage to do some um, Feldenkrais for Dancers workshops, to do some Feldenkrais workshops with specific themes, will they be live? Will they be digital? Who knows? At this point, you know, last year yeah. I managed to do two live workshops and oh, the, rest, the rest of the things I had planned just, you know, just failed mm. because we had a, a, another rise in COVID. Yeah. And it's hard to plan with these uncertain it's, times. It's hard to plan, but, you know, it's, for me, it was also a good time to, to explore, you know, my options mm. and to figure out what I want to do. I really enjoy the digital uh, because you get to reach so many people. I've had um messages from people from from all over the world and it's it's yeah it's lovely but then also you know there's i do find there's a difference with with a live with a live class i mean there's an yeah. interactive component of seeing them of having them see you of, of sharing the energy and sharing the space yeah so you know there's nothing I, I I love digital. I don't think I'm going to stop teaching digital, but I would like to add some more life to my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of the house. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to that day. Um, so with what's happening in the world as we're, we're on this topic now, do you, do you think it's building more resilient people or do you think that people do need some more skills possibly you know how can Feldenkrais help us navigate this challenging time what are your thoughts around around that well yeah. I think um you know I um I'm, I don't panic easily because um I I've had a few ups and downs in my life so mm. you know I, I kind of found the tools for myself mm. um what i see now is that a lot of people who just you know were lucky enough to not have the ups and downs i had that uh, right now they're they're feeling panicked you know as if someone mm. just pulled the rug the rug under their feet because uh, if you've never experienced any type of of uh, major hardship in your life it's it's very difficult at the age of 30 or 40 to suddenly have everything mm. crum, crum, crumbling down and i think that it's there's an easy path and there's a difficult path i mean uh, feldenkrais and somatics and there's uh, process work there's so many tools yeah. that can help you navigate and manage and 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 overcome and come out of it better and um but they're the hard way i mean uh, it's so much easier to pop a pill for example uh, right yes. now i don't know the rest of the world with numbers but i can tell you that in greece the amount of antidepressants and anti-anxiety mm -hmm. meds 
uh, and it's a way to cope. It's a way to cope. But yeah. my question mark with with all of this is that, you know, if you've never struggled in your life and suddenly you come upon this time of trouble, will you be taking, you know, the, the blue pill or the red pill? Because it's, it's so much easier to pop a pill and wait for it to go away uh, than yeah. to actually work. You know, uh, all this work that has to do with self-reflection it's amazing it's interesting but it, it can be also difficult yeah so it's a it's an interesting choice it is love this perspective yeah it's if you take the pill it's just masking what's really going on so is that in the long term better or when are you going to face it mm maybe never i don't know i have i i mean you know it's for me as one of the most difficult things as a teacher has been to be able to let people go mm. to be able to say that you know i want to help people i'm here i'm open but i cannot grab them and pull them over and no, you know having to go through this you know it's it's almost like a heartbreak when you see people that who have so much potential in, and it could be so easy for them to get help, to, to have them stop being in pain and they simply not doing it for their own reasons. Mm. I, it's, it's one of the things I'm, uh, that's a really heartbreak. Uh, it's a heartbreak for me, uh, but I'm, I'm learning to, you know, to let go and to have people being a teacher is not about being a guru or a leader. It's about, you know, presenting the opportunities and the options and having people take it or leave it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's something we talk about so often in, in our community about why do people stop themselves from taking that action and moving forward? You know, really, there's, a, there's so much to unpack there. We could, we could spend a whole nother hour or days on that topic. I know for myself, you, you kind of have to get over so many limiting beliefs about who you are and, and what you believe society to believe or and all of that stuff to unpack, to move yourself. I know for myself when I've finally made the decision to look after me first and stop worrying about everyone else, you have to come to that place, don't you, the, the individual. Mm. Yeah. With, with dancers for example uh there's this you know the the artistry that gets in the way artists have to suffer mm. so if you're not suffering are you enough of an artist which i, I found mind-boggling because i never felt as an artist so you know for me it was not a choice i don't want to be in pain but i i've seen it again and again in personal feldenkrais work with uh friends of mine who are dancers who yeah they they don't want to be in pain, but also, you know, you can see them that they have this, this difficulty of not being in pain as well. But because, you know, <laughs> suffering is art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. Amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. And, and you know, yeah. the people who have taken the choice, uh, I have students who, who have been working with many years and they're no longer in pain and they're happy, older and, and younger. And everyone says, like, 
wants to bring a friend uh, who's in pain and they're saying like, yeah, come over, do this lesson. I, I feel great and it will help you. And they get the same frustration because they're mm -hmm. trying to get their friends to, to come over and do the work and not be in pain and they're not coming. And, uh, you know, everyone who's on that side, they, they can understand, like, why won't you do something for yourself? <laughs> Sometimes it's because they enjoy talking about how much pain they have. So if the pain's gone, what are they going to talk about? <laughs> that too. You know, it's, I mean, there's many, many reasons why people prefer pain. Yeah. Which, yeah, okay. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't help really with that. Uh, what I'm trying to do is, you know, trying to be less of an empath and not get heartbroken when I don't get people to, to feel better because they don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's our own journey. And so you've got something exciting that you've been working on for the last few months. Do you want to share with the audience your... Oh, yeah. I, um, as a graphic designer that couldn't do live classes in, in January, <laughs> I, I got into building an app. I built it first for Android and then for, um, since two months ago now, it's available in, on Apple as well. It's called My Feldenkrais App and it's free. And um, I have a few of my own lessons in there, some experimental, you know, a few minute ones and then some whispered one for bed, for going to sleep. And uh, each month I have a, um, a different guest and I hope very soon that you will be a guest too. I'd love to be. <laughs> and uh, they're, you know, sharing a little bit about themselves like we do here and they teach a lesson. So you get to see, you know, to experience many different teachers, which is one of my favorite things in Feldenkrais, to be able to, to see, you know, how rich this work can be, mm. depending on, on the, the eye view of each teacher. Yeah, it's like a buffet. <laughs> exactly. You can go and try out all the different flavors and decide which one you like. That's well, so exciting. <laughs> there's, a, there's a time limit, though, to the buffet, to be honest, because oh. you know there's so much stuff out there that I didn't want to make another uh, bank of lessons. So mm. what I do is that uh, I, I keep it more ephemeral. You have a free lesson each month from a different teacher each month, but it only stays for like a month and 10 days and then it disappears. Mm. So, you know, yeah, I, like this because, I like this because if you're presented with too many options, sometimes it's hard to choose. And so you choose nothing. So, yeah. and then I found from myself that, you know, sometimes I get a friend who, who gives me like a CD with classes and lessons and stuff. And, you know, I, I already, I hoard them. We're hoarders with, with digital yeah. stuff. So, you know, if, if you feel that, you know, it's going to go away, there's a much better chance that you're going to actually do it than if, you know, yeah, yeah, it's here, I'll do it sometimes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's my thinking as well. <laughs> so, Erfili, where can people find you? Do you have a website? <clears throat> I, of course, everyone can find me in the, in the Movement Academy. I have yes. my profile there and um, you can chat with me whenever you want. I'm trying to be active as much as yes. I can. 
<laughs> trying to. <laughs> and yeah, there's also my my website, which is feldenkraisandyoga.com. And uh, in general, I'm I'm pretty much hooked up with the electronics 99% of the time. So it's very easy to reach me. So we can come and stalk you on social media and find you easily. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's uh, it's pretty easy. I only log <laughs> off for Aikido training right now. <laughs> so Arifali was saying, yeah, if you want to come and chat with her in the Movement Online Academy, you can actually... When you type at and you can start typing Erafili, your name will come up and people can tag you if they have a question for you. Or, of course, pop to her profile and say hello straight into her inbox, which is why we've created the community so we can have these conversations. And especially if you have any conversations around yoga, Feldenkrais, Aikido, belly dancing, <laughs> reach out to Erafili. <laughs> Fantastic. And hopefully... You might come and teach a lesson in the Movement Online Academy sometime soon. We're putting some uh, ideas together currently. <laughs> I would absolutely love to. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun always to, to, to reach new people. Yeah. And to connect with new people. It is. It is. And that's why I wanted to build this community, especially around this topic of movement that I'm so passionate about. So it's so nice to bring other people on this journey with me. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a great thing you've you've done uh, because you know you can have a Facebook group or something, but I don't know it's it doesn't work anymore so much. So I think you know and and it gets distracting. Yeah. So having a community just for that, I think I I, I suspect it must be a lot of work. But <laughs> oh, you know, just in my spare time, <laughs> muck around with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's right what you're saying with Facebook um, it, and, well, social media in general is just distracting. So I wanted to have a space that doesn't have the sponsored posts and all of those other distractions, puppy videos, yeah. although we could do some puppy videos in the academy. <laughs> 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 no, I think that's a, that's a great thing you're you're doing and offering to people. Yeah, thank you. Are there any last words you'd like to share with the audience? Any gold <sighs> quotes or? Mm. Okay, I got my favorite quote, which is, I think has been with me since I had MySpace or, or something. It's like a long, <laughs> long time ago. And my favorite quote is about, um, you know, being into so many things. I uh, I'm interested in many things at the same time, but also I don't have the time to really hone in and be the best in each of them. So, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, a, I'm a more spread than depth. So yes. one of my favorite quotes is by Bob Dylan, who yeah. says that in order to live outside the law, you must be honest. Mm. So, Beautiful. you know, if you're, interested in things um you don't have to be an authority per se but you have to be honest with yourself and and with other people so mm. you know being humble and honest i think is a is a good way to be a teacher yeah absolutely absolutely love that wise words from a great man <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. It's been fantastic. I feel like we could sit here all day and chat, but we both, 
are busy and have things to do, maybe another time you'll join me on the podcast and we can dive in. Maybe we could dive in a bit deeper into one of our favorite topics. <laughs> awesome. Sure. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Angela. Thank you for inviting me. 